All right, what up, what up? Hello. Welcome back. What's this, is episode four of the Project Six podcast? Four weeks in a row. Surprise, half surprised I'm sticking with it. Whatever. Hey, we're rolling. All right. Uh, so I said last week I wasn't sure this was going to be a big week. Turns out this was kind of a big week. So uh, just for starters, I'm recording this Saturday night instead of my usual Sunday morning because... Everybody left the house, and I don't know. I get nothing else going on, so I might as well record the podcast now. I don't think anything's going to break between now and tomorrow morning, so it shouldn't be a big deal. All right. Anyway, let's get right to the news because there's a lot to talk about. Uh, first story of the week, obviously the biggest story, Xbox bought out ZeniMax Media, which included Bethesda. Uh, <laughs> this was kind of a whopper. <laughs> Uh, this one came out of nowhere. What was this, Monday night or Monday morning? Just totally out of the sky. Here comes Microsoft buying this gigantic like collection of studios. Would it come through $7.5 billion? I mean, just crazy, crazy, crazy money. So what do we got? Um, just going off this image on the Xbox site. Arcane. I can't read this. <laughs> Bethesda, id, Tango Gameworks, Alpha Dog, Roundhouse. Is Ninja Theory in here? Might be one of them. I don't know. They bought a bunch of studios. Uh, so obviously that includes games like Dishonored, Wolfenstein, The Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Doom, Starfield, The Evil Within, and Prey. Or all the images they have right here. But obviously, any of those games that are in that that grouping. Yeah. Machine, machine Games. That was one of the other ones. That was the one I couldn't read. Not Ninja Theory? Does Microsoft already have Ninja Theory? I think they do. Uh, yeah. Ninja Theory is already in Xbox First Party Studio. Yeah, this was this was a whopper. Came out of nowhere. Super expensive. Obviously, Xbox is here to play. Um, so the little side note too, I guess uh, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo were two games under Zenimax that are scheduled to be PS5 exclusives, and Xbox has said that they will honor that exclusivity for those two games. And then future Bethesda games will be on Xbox, PC, and quote-unquote other consoles on a case-by-case basis. Yeah, this is this is a big one. Um, Xbox Xbox has a first-party lineup, and like you you know some of their exclusive games, right? But you don't when you think of Xbox exclusives, you really nothing really jumps out at you. Now, obviously, you know Elder Scrolls and Fallout. I mean, those are two massive franchises. Obviously, you know, Doom and Wolfenstein are big games, but they're not they're not on the level of the other two. Um what Xbox does with these games, that'll remain to be seen. I know they've already said uh Doom is going on Game Pass. And I'll get more to Game Pass in a second, but really the big one and I, I wrote about this I guess I'll just do it all right now, because this is really my my big takeaway. 
I want to know what Xbox's long-term plan is. Obviously, right now, their first-party lineup has been significantly upgraded. But Elder Scrolls and Fallout are such big franchises. Wildly overrated, but very big. Uh, I I want to know what the plan is there, right? Are, you, are they going to make those two games, those two franchises exclusive to Xbox? Because... Obviously, that'll upset a lot of people. For someone like me, I'll play them on PC. It's fine. Like, I was going to play them on computer anyway, so it's not like you're taking that away from me. I'm not. I'm still not getting an Xbox. But, you know, if you're if you're a PlayStation guy, I I and you love those games, I'd be pissed if I couldn't play them on my PlayStation. So, there's, there's some real pull with those games, and if Xbox chooses not to make those exclusives... And they do release them on the PlayStation. I, I wrote about this over at Screen Rant earlier this week. I do wonder if Xbox could use those games to sort of get the ball rolling with PlayStation. Right? You you reach out to PlayStation and say, hey, we'll, we'll release the Elder Scrolls and Fallout on PlayStation. When Elder Scrolls 6 and Fallout 5 come out, we'll put them on PlayStation. Right, that that just starts to bridge the gap with PlayStation just a little bit, and if you start to build a sort of working relationship there, I do wonder if sometime five, six, seven, eight years down the line, you know, maybe a full generation, generation and a half away, we could get to a point where Xbox Game Pass becomes just regular Game Pass, and we see it move on to the PlayStation, right? I mean, it's, this is super far down the line. Like, we're talking about the mountain, and we've got a grain of dirt in front of us right now. So a long way to go. But I do wonder if that's an ultimate sort of game plan for Xbox. What I don't know how likely that'll ever end up being. They could just... And they probably will just make these games Xbox exclusives. But it's something to think about, something to consider. I, I'll i be very interested to see how they handle that. But obviously acquiring Bethesda is big. Um, I do wonder if maybe, maybe now that Bethesda is under Xbox, I know Phil Spencer said they were going to let Bethesda do their thing. Maybe clamp down on them a little bit so that Elder Scrolls and Fallout don't get released as broken pieces of garbage, right? I mean, I'm so sick that, and all oh, this is my problem with Bethesda, is they make these massive, massive games that are just super shallow. You just repeat content over and over. Skyrim had like the same five exact dungeon systems that just got repeated over and over and over and over and over again. Everybody talks about how great Skyrim is, but it just rehashed the exact same content repeatedly. And Fallout did the same thing, right? Fallout 4 was nowhere near what a game should have been graphically when it released. It was shallow. They cut out a lot of the RPG elements, particularly with, you know, dialogue. And then... That the inside of buildings, it was just you were in the same exact building over and over again, and and it just, and then you factor in all the bugs and the glitches, and then you know, 
fans go out and make a fan patch in a mod and it fixes all these issues people have with the game and then months and months down the line if you're lucky Bethesda finally patches the game and all they do is take what was done in the mod and just finally release it out officially and it's like come on like what are we doing here like can you tighten up these games maybe make these games a little deeper it, I it's just this this issue I have with these open world games that are just the size of an ocean with the depth of a puddle right Skyrim, Fallout 4, Breath of the Wild, they were all the same. And it's like, that's, I mean, I get it. I'm in the minority. Most people loved it. They're they're fine games, but it just, they drive me fucking bananas. But whatever, that's that tangent. Next story. Uh, so some former Blizzard devs went out and started their own studio. I guess, right? The former Blizzard CEO, Mike Morheim, launched a new video game company called Dreamhaven this week, or at least they formally announced it. And it includes two dev studios, of which I can't even find the names anymore. I had them here. Uh, Oh, here we go. So Moonshot Games and Secret Door. Uh, Both these studios are made up of former Blizzard staff that... You know, either that left Blizzard for one reason or another tied to Activision, right? Like, that's that's the big deal here. These are former Blizzard employees who who left the company within the last handful of years because of Activision's involvement, right? Like, that's that's the big thing. And the quote from Mike Morheim was that they want to Quote, lead by example and show that there's a better way of doing things and approaching the business of games and treating your employees and treating your players. End quote. Right. I mean, that's that's a pretty clear shot at Activision, right? Activision gets their fingers in these studios and these games and they just absolutely rip them ash- apart. Um, so look, I, I've never been like one of these diehard massive Blizzard guys. So I, I couldn't tell you a lot about what these guys have done that joined, right? Some of the some of the names here from Slasher's tweet were Chris Sigatti, Dustin Browder, Jason Chase, Eric Dodds, and Ben Thompson. Uh, I'm just taking Slasher at his word that this is a good crew of guys to have in charge of a studio. Uh, I don't know enough about Blizzard, really, to tell you how big of a deal this is, right? I just, I occasionally, if Blizzard releases a game that I like, I, I'll i play it. Um, So Dreamhaven, it'd be a, a good little company to keep an eye on, right? We'll see, we'll see what comes out of there. Obviously that's going to be years away. Uh, so you see Secret Door, Moonshot Games, you know what's coming from them. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. Next story. Among Us, right? The game, this game's fucking massive. Right? I, it's $5 on Steam. It's the biggest game on Twitch. It's like the third or fourth biggest game on Steam now. It overtook uh, PUBG, which I didn't even... Side note, I didn't even know PUBG was still played. Like, when's the last time anyone heard anything about PUBG? But side note, I probably know like one person... Who still plays it. 
but I haven't heard him mention anything about it recently. So I don't know. Uh, anyway, Among Us, dominating the world, right? So Inner Sloth, the devs of Among Us announced, I think this was on Friday, Thursday? I think it was Thursday. Uh, Among Us 2 is canceled, right? They announced, I think it was like 28 days ago or something like that. It's like less than a month ago that they announced Among Us 2. Although there is a blog post here from 39 days ago. Okay, 39 days. Sec- they wrote, second of all, yes, we're confirming Among Us 2. That was 39 days ago. And I'm guessing this is what... I'm guessing that news that Among Us 2 was going to be a thing is what opened the floodgates for this game to just take over. Because the game has absolutely erupted in popularity in the last month. To the point now where Inner Sloth just said, you know what, we're not even going to release Among Us 2. Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to take all the content that they were designing for Among Us 2 and just release it as an update into Among Us 1. Which is a fantastic decision. I'll get to that in a second. But here are some of the things they listed. Uh, Server improvements. They don't know when that's going to happen, which is totally understandable. How could you possibly have seen this coming and had your servers ready for it, right? So that's one thing. Uh, Colorblind support. Again, great little thing because it's a game that's very, very big on colors, right? You identify people by color a lot of the time, so it's important to have colorblind support in there. Uh, They are going to add a friend system and and just a general account system. They're going to add a new level, and then they've got a bunch of other stuff that'll get added. So all those things are going to be coming to Among Us automatically. This is a this is an exceptional decision because when you look at Among Us, right? This is a $5 game that came out 2 years ago that on like it might be vaguely familiar like I when I heard it was exploding it sort of looked recognizable, but I didn't totally know what it was. And it's like, okay, it came out two years ago. Like, why? it's a $5 Steam game that came out two years ago. Why would anyone know what it is? And it, it exploded. It's now the highest selling game on Steam. Everybody's playing it. Everyone's loving it. So my guess is the idea behind Among Us 2 is, hey, this is a niche little game that we've had running. We got to to sort of keep us going. We got to release a sequel to it where, you know, they were going to do a little bit of an update, pump the game up a little bit, re-release it, sort of double dip into that niche, get its community, maybe grow the community a little bit because it would have been a new game and sort of recuperate some money to keep keep the studio going. Well, that that need is sort of wiped out when a, the the game explodes. Right? You don't have to try to double dip to keep yourself going anymore. And and second of all, you know, you just got all these people into your game. So as soon as you release a sequel, you are automatically dividing that community. Because you're gonna have some people that just play the first game and go, ah, oh, that was kind of that was kind of neat, but I'm I'm not all that interested in picking up the second one, whatever. Right? Nope, you don't have to worry about splitting that anymore. Because you just ride the hype wave that you have now. 
say, okay, you know what? We don't need the sequel. Our game is rolling right now. Let's just full-on support this. Let's nurture our popularity, and let's sort of keep the train going. Right? It's a ne- This game's interest is going to die out. They all do. It's the flavor of the month. But it it can at least maintain that momentum for the next sort of month as we get closer to the next-gen console releases and that flood of new games in November. And and I just think that's the right approach, right? Put Focus all your efforts in the game that, that people already have. Sort of nurture it. Keep everyone engaged. Ride the hype wave as long as you can and see where it takes you. So I, I think this is a great decision for Among Us. Um, and I I applaud them. You know, they were, they've been quick, right? They just confirmed they were making a sequel a month ago. And now they're like, nope, never mind. Fuck that. Screw it. We're all in on Among Us 1. Like, this is it. Among Us is our game. And it's a good... That's a, it's a good approach. I, I applaud it. It's smart. Alright. Last one we'll do, and then we'll take a little bit of a break before I get to some other stuff. Uh, Amazon announced Luna this week. Luna being a cloud gaming service, much like Google Stadia... Or what was the other one? XCloud is one. Like, so look, I, I'm not totally dialed into the cloud gaming service. Like, I know it's more like sort of live stream, streaming games, rather than downloading, right? And I know Ubisoft has already been confirmed as they're gonna have a, a channel on here. I think the subscription for Luna, yeah, it's five ninety nine a month. Um. So you'll pay $5.99, you'll get to play whatever the library of games is, whenever you want, on whatever devices. The controller looks like they just... <laughs> I don't remember which tweet I saw that said this, but it kind of looks like Amazon just looked up what the highest selling controller was on their website, saw it was the Switch Pro controller, and just said, hey, let's make our controller that one. <laughs> but... So you'll... So I'm not sure how this is going to work because the way this is looked, right? They have Luna Plus, which is the Luna service at $5.99. And then Ubisoft is next to it as like a separate channel. So it's not all going to be included. Like Ubisoft, you'll have to pay extra for the Ubisoft channel, right? It's just kind of, I don't know, like the cloud gaming stuff, I'll be honest, just sort of over my head a little bit. Like I I understand I understand why people are going to these services, right? Perfect example Xbox Game Pass, right? The values through the fucking roof. But there is I don't know, there is a part to me where I just I prefer to just be able to buy the game, own the game, download the game and play the game. That I guess I don't know. Maybe Maybe I'll be late to the the cloud gaming party just like I was late to the digital game party. Like I was I'm just now making the switch to digital games on my PlayStation. So maybe I'm just late to another trend. I don't know if this is something you're into. Amazon Luna, something to check out. All right, little bit of a break and then we'll come back. We'll talk about a couple of remasters and like <laughs> the greatest game going right now. 
All right, welcome back. Back from our little break. All right, first thing. So, the Mass Effect remaster, hashtag, ma- or slash Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which is supposedly what it's going to be called. Uh, this news came from Jeff Grubb late yesterday. That So, Jeff, Jeff's been on top of sort of the news about this remaster that everyone knows is being made, but nobody's heard a freaking thing about. Um, According to him, I think I said this like two weeks ago on the podcast, the Mass Effect remaster was supposed to be revealed in October and released later in the month. And there was a room, there was rumors going around about an October 15th release date. Uh, as recently as I think earlier this week, that was sort of the word on the street. And according to Jeff Grubb, that is no longer the case. Uh, he wrote Friday that at this point, uh, EA and Bioware are pushing the remaster into early 2021, according to people familiar with development and Grubb writes over on VentureBeat that The primary factor holding up development beyond the pandemic is the original Mass Effect game. It currently does not live up to the quality of the rest of the package. It would make a poor first impression for new players, and it might disappoint fans who then won't go on to play and experience the impressive upgrades for Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. This is a problem with both the visuals and gameplay. The people working on the game understand the issues, and they want to do right by the franchise's fans. Alright. For starters... Nice to see you doing something right by the fans, Bioware. Because you're not on a hot streak, to say the least. Um, Now, look, I didn't hate Mass Effect Andromeda like everybody else. It was not up to par with the Mass Effect trilogy. I think it it was somewhat comparable in quality to the first game. Not it's not as good as the first game. It it's like a half step below the first game, but it it was not that far off. And I think there was enough there with Andromeda to build on for a sequel, or if they had released DLC and they cleaned it up, like I I think there was something to work with there, and I still think there's something to work with there. So will we ever get a Mass Effect Andromeda two? My my guess would be yes, that eventually they will go back to that well and they will try to fix it. When that happens, who the Christ knows? Um, so, Mass Effect's not in a great place. Uh, I think a lot of people, myself included, were looking forward to this remaster. Uh, I'm kind of glad that it's getting pushed to next year because it, there's a lot of games coming out. I do not want to have to try to squeeze the entire trilogy remaster in a two or three week span before next gen comes out. I don't want to do that. So push it off to next year, release it late March, early April, whatever. Uh, That's fine with me when nothing else is coming out. So I can sit down and I can, I love these games. I want to play them again. And you know what? It'll be nice to put them all in one package, right? So I don't have to go bouncing around everywhere to try to play all the games and get all the DLC. Nope. One package, Fully remastered. I want it. Like, I want this trilogy remastered. I want to play it. Give it to me. So, I'm fine waiting for a better time to play it. And the big part of this that I love 
is that it's being pushed off so that they can refine the first game. Because I think the first Mass Effect game is wildly overrated. It's a good game. I enjoy it. But it, it the combat system is bad. The graphics are really, really outdated. It's very sort of clunky looking. Like, they're... That game really needs to be polished. The The second game made a huge step in combat. And the third game took another big step after that. So, if if they delay this and get Mass Effect's the first game, get that combat to a state that's even remotely close to the second and third games, that's a massive win. That combat... A, a remaster of Mass Effect 1 is not enough. They have to clean that combat up. Because Mass Effect 1's combat system is not good. Um, so if get the gameplay up. Clean up the graphics. And I'm good with that. That, that game definitely needs some work to catch up to the other two games. And I'm all for a delay there. Uh, and then Grub also mentions in here that... EA has no plans to include multiplayer in Mass Effect 3, which I'm not opposed to. I mean, the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3 was fine. I, I didn't love it. Uh, I especially didn't love that the cam- the end result of the campaign, unless you did every little thing in the game, not playing the multiplayer in Mass Effect 3 harmed the end of your playthrough. Right, Your story was impacted by the multiplayer. And I assume that they just, they'll just they just remove that element from this remaster. Which will be nice. Although I'll fully flesh out the game. So I don't think... I don't, I don't think it mattered anyway. <clears throat> so... I mean, that's fine. Like, crop that multiplayer out and focus on the single player game. And get it up to par. That's what we want. That's what we want to play. Um, and this, this will be interesting, right? If you can remaster, so just touching back on Bioware real quick. If you can remaster the Mass Effect trilogy and get that back on the rails, and then you can focus on Dragon Age 4, take your Anthem rework and shove it. Get rid of the Anthem rework. Anthem was a failure. It was always going to be a failure. People hyped that game up. You could see that failure coming a mile away. You just accept that you failed, wipe it away, and focus on your other stuff. Because that's the good stuff. Anyway, get back to Dragon Age 4. Get Dragon Age back to what Dragon Age is supposed to be. Get that game rolling. And then get back to Mass Effect and get Mass Effect back on the rails. That's what people want. Go back to what you do best at Bioware and see what happens. So we'll see how it goes. Anyway, also in remaster news, <clears throat> Spider-Man PS4. This is something people got all riled up about. The sa- Your save data from Spider-Man PS4 on the PS4 won't transfer to the PS5. No kidding, guys. Like, like what, when has your save data transferred from console to console? I mean, has that been a thing? I can't think of a single instance where I even wanted to go play... So say I wanted to play Spider-Man PS4 again before Spider-Man 2. I'm just going to play Spider-Man PS4 again. Like, 
Spider-Man PS4 came out two years ago. What do you need your save data for? I mean, I guess if you wanted to do New Game Plus, but I don't know. And then there's all the the stuff about them reselling it. And look, on the one hand, I get it. Right, The purpose of a remaster is to take an old, outdated game and update it to modern graphics and gameplay and whatever. Right, you're sort of refining a an outdated game so that it's playable in 2020. Right, with Spider-Man PS4, that's not necessary. Right, obviously it's not necessary. And they did the same thing with with PS3 games to PS4. Right, The Last of Us remastered. The Last of Us did not need to be remastered for the PS4. It was fine. Just release it on the PS4. Right, so I would say the same thing with Spider-Man PS4. But I mean, this is one of those things that I just I can't bo- I can't bother getting mad about, especially when I mean, it's it's a twenty dollar upgrade. It's not like they're selling you Spider-Man PS4 Definitive Edition for seventy dollars on the PS5. It's a twenty dollar bonus to Miles Morales. If you don't want to pay the $20 bonus to get Spider-Man PS4 updated to the PS5, then don't. Who cares? Just pop Spider-Man PS4 in and you're fine. Like, no, like, what's the big deal? The game still looks amazing. Like, I, I mean, I'm going to do it because I'm making the transfer to digital. I don't have Spider-Man PS4 digital and I'm going to want to replay it before Spider-Man 2 comes out. That's my personal decision to spend $20. Whatever. Like, I just... And for most... For 99% of remasters, I'm not paying for a game that was two years old like that. But it's like... It's like... I don't know. I just... I can't be bothered to get all worked up about that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm probably going to take my copy of Spider-Man PS4, go down to GameStop, trade it in for... 10 bucks or whatever they're going to give me and I'm going to use that $10 and I'm going to put it into uh, money for uh, my PlayStation wallet or whatever the hell it's called on the PlayStation store and then I'm just going to buy Miles Morales and I'm going to use that money when I buy it, right? That's probably what I'm going to do. Like, who cares? And and then the money I get for Spider-Man PS4 is practically going to cover that upgrade anyway whatever do what you want it's not that big of a deal side tangent all right what i've been playing this week i've been playing a fuck ton of hades (laughs) like i said last week that i picked up hades saturday i think it was was a saturday night that i picked it up or friday night and i played a little bit of on saturday something like that Uh, what an awesome awesome game super giant did a fantastic job with this game i can't stop playing it every time i've sat down to play games this week i've only played hades i wanted to get back to assassin's creed last night didn't because i was playing i played hades uh, i wanted to stream assassin's creed this morning i didn't because i just played hades i finally after i think i'm like 17 hours in right now if i look uh, 16 hours and 38 minutes. I, I just, I keep playing. I'm currently, I finally got through. I finally beat Hades after dying to him a few times. 
And I have since beat him five times in a row. Uh, <laughs> every run I've played since the first time I beat him, I beat him again. And I'm just, I'm having a fucking blast. All the weapons are fun to play. The different build combinations you can put together are super fun. The music's great. The story's great. You know, there's there's a narrative purpose to the gameplay cycle of the roguelike. This is really the first roguelike that I've ever really liked. And, and I'm having a blast with it. I don't know how long I'm going to play it, right? There's some games coming out this week that I'm going to be playing. And I'm, I'm sure that my time on Hades is going to drop off. And I have some. I still want to play the Assassin's Creed Odyssey DLC before next gen comes out, and I play Valhalla. So, you know, I I don't know how much longer I'm going to be playing Hades, but for the time being, I'm playing the shit out of it, and it's super fun. Again, I I can't I can't recommend this game enough. <laughs> the it's super cheap, it's super fun to play. The replay value is off the charts. Everyone I know who's playing it is having a blast with it. You know, it's dumb. You watch people stream it. It's just everything about the game is so good. Everybody's loving it. It's awesome. You know, if I look at the top sellers on Steam, so the $5 sale is no longer there. The game is now at $25, which I can't recommend enough. I $25, it's worth it. It is worth every penny of that. And I'm sure if you get it on the Epic Game Store, I I want to say the coupon that I got when I bought it on the Epic Store was good was active through the end of October. So I mean that was like ten bucks off. So you get the game for like fifteen bucks. Buy this game. Buy Hades. Supergiant is an awesome developer. They make great games, and this this is probably their best yet. I mean this is going to be a legitimate game of the year contender. By the end of the year. Joining a long list of other games. Because there have been so many good games that came out this year. But. Hades. So good. Cannot recommend Hades enough. It's on PC and it's on the Switch. It'd be a a great Switch game. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) I haven't played anything else. Uh, Since I'm recording this tonight. I'm probably going to. I'll stream tomorrow morning. Which I originally wasn't planning to. My. Goal was to play Assassin's Creed, the first Odyssey DLC, this week, weekend. But I'm probably going to end up streaming Hades again tomorrow. So, that's how that goes. Uh, Alright, so what's coming this week? Big week for games. Uh, Genshin Impact is coming out this week. It's like a, uh, it's like a open world, weeby sort of game. Uh, the Wikipedia entry says it's a... It's a gotcha-based, free-to-play fantasy open-world RPG from some Chinese studio. Uh, I did not know that this was a gotcha game. So, maybe I I won't <laughs> invest in Genshin Impact like I thought I would. I don't know. I, I messed around with Genshin Impact at PAX East. Uh, was it last year? I think it was... It was last year or this year? I don't even remember. Uh, it wasn't bad. It was a neat little game to play. Uh, if it's a gotcha game, then... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I might just mess around with it for a day or two and then call it quits. Uh, I don't know. 
I'll check it out. That comes out on Tuesday. And I'll be... I was interested in that, but now I don't know. If it's a gotcha game, then... It's being made by MiHoYo. Which seems familiar. Oh, duh. Of course it's familiar, because I saw it at fucking PAX. What else have they made? Here, this might help. Let's see. Um... Hmm. No, just a bunch of games that I've never heard of. Alright. Uh, Panzer Dragoon Remake. No idea what that is. Return One-Way Trip. Spelunky 2 comes out on PC. Uh, Yumahara Kawa Kawasi Bazooka. Whatever the hell that is. Warsaw... Shantae, Shantae's Risky Revenge. I think those are remasters or ports or what. Uh, Super Mario Bros. 35, the uh, BR Super Mario Bros. Apparently that comes out on the first. I didn't realize that was coming out this week. So that's, that's that if you want to play that. And then Friday, Friday's a big day. Crash Bandicoot 4, It's About Time comes out Friday. And Star Wars Squadrons comes out Friday. I'm looking forward to Friday. Right, um, I wasn't sure which one I was going to start with. I'm probably going to put off Crash 4 and start with Star Wars Squadrons. One, it's Star Wars. And two, these Star Wars story games. I just really held that S. I'm sorry. Uh, they've been relatively short, so Squadrons might not take that long to beat. And if I'm if I'm super into it, it's also only 40 bucks. Uh, but if I'm super into it and I play the multiplayer, it'd probably be a good idea to get into the multiplayer as soon as I can so that I can I can mess around with the multiplayer before everybody gets fucking good. And then I join the game two weeks later and I'm getting my ass kicked when I try the multiplayer and I have no interest anymore. So Friday, I'll be playing Star Wars Squadrons. I'll be streaming it on Twitch. I'll stream it on Twitch Saturday morning. And then we'll see from there. Uh, and then Crash 4... I'm looking forward to Crash 4. Crash 4 looks good. Uh, when I'll get to that, sometime after Star Wars Squadrons. But that's the week for games. Genshin Impact, Star Wars Squadrons, Crash 4. I'll check them all out and see how it goes. Um, and that'll be it for the podcast this week. Uh, plugs, obviously. I have started writing over at Screen Rant. I, I'll tweet out all the articles I write. Uh, I have one coming out. The next one coming out is about uh, Among Us and Fall Guys. It's pending review. Uh, I don't know if that one's going to go up, to be honest. We'll see. But I'm pumping out articles over at Screen Rant. You can follow on Twitter because I tweet them all out. And I let everyone know when I'm streaming and stuff. So you should go to Twitter. Uh, Twitch. I'll be live streaming Sunday morning, which you'll have no idea because this probably won't be uploaded yet. Uh, plan will be probably stream Monday, stream Wednesday, stream Friday, something like that. Could be, I don't know. We'll definitely be streaming Friday and Saturday because of Star Wars Squadrons. Uh, and then during the week, I don't know, I'll be playing Hades and or Assassin's Creed. If Genshin Impact is just a shit show, I'm not going to bother streaming it. Because I don't know what that game's going to look like now that I see this. But 
I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, at Sixture, same handle everywhere. And I'm writing over at Screen Rant now. Check all that stuff out. As always, I appreciate your time. Appreciate your company. Have a wonderful week. And I'll see you next week because we're going to have stuff to talk about. Primarily, new games that came. Oh, whoa, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. I missed something. Hold on before I sign off. Uh, the Animal Crossing Fall update got announced. How did I miss this? Um, Halloween update, right? They just added a bunch of Halloween shit, pumpkins to Animal Crossing. I'm considering jumping back into my island maybe this week, cleaning it up, playing some more Animal Crossing. I haven't played in like two months, so there's some work to be done on my island. But I won't go into it much more than that. All right, have a wonderful week. Thanks for hanging out. I'll talk to you in a week. Adios.